So Julio Jones has been the topic of conversation on every piece of NFL media, mostly because there hasn't been any other news going on outside the weird Aaron Rodgers situation. And with the news surrounding the weird situation that happened on Undisputed with Shannon Sharp calling Julio Jones and the fact the Falcons could save a significant amount of money off the cap after the June 1st deadline, which is this Tuesday, this should be getting posted on a Monday. I think we are almost certainly going to see a trade this week. I think the general manager openly admitting they're open to trade offers during the draft also hints at this fact because a trade didn't get done then. They probably desired the cap space over getting the high pink compensation they could have during whenever the draft was happening. It's been reported that they have been offered some type of first round pick compensation in trade offers. I kind of tend to disagree with this ocean. I don't know where you fall on this Isaiah. I think there are going to be teams out there that view Julio as the next step for them making a Super Bowl push or making a deep playoff push. I think teams like the Patriots, teams like the Ravens, teams like the 49ers who have a decent chunk of cap space are going to be willing to give up that type of first round compensation to go get them. Teams like the Packers, who are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit later. They're going to be willing, they want Aaron Rodgers to stay with them. So maybe they even go out of their way and give up compensation to get Julio on the roster. Then there's also the Titans who I think need someone to replace Johnny Smith and Corey Davis's production. So I think with all the teams that probably need an extra wide receiver, view him as the next step, are going to be willing to give the first round compensation. I think people who think he's not worth the first are kind of crazy and someone's going to be willing to give the compensation out there, even with the weird news surrounding what has happened. Isaiah, where do you, what do you kind of think about the situation? I mean, look, if Julio Jones is traded for a first round pick, it's not going to be a high level first round pick because regardless of what team he goes to, he is going to make that team better unless they're a complete dumpster fire. And I don't think Julio will let himself be traded to a dumpster fire. But of all the teams you list, I think you're leaving off one who I think is a very sneaky contender because you're right, Julio Jones will be traded likely on June 1st to avoid some cap casualties. But the Los Angeles Rams are a team which is very interesting because they are a team who has no regard for the cap, it seems, and is more than willing to trade their first round assets in order to get players. They did so to acquire countless wide receivers. They got um, Jalen Ramsey. There we go. Probably should remember that name. They're willing to get Brandon Cooks for a first round pick. They give up a lot of capital in order to get proven players. It's the Rams philosophy, which has kind of come when Sean McVay assumed control of that organization. I don't know how they'll make the cap work, but I think they could. They've been doing it in the past. They're not scared to go that far over. They can deal with some of the luxury tax issues, but if they have to send one of their other receivers off, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods and a first, they're still making that trade because if you have Deshaun Jackson, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Julio Jones, some combination of those four receivers on your on the outside that is the best receiving core in the league by far and the rams will be an immediate super bowl threat not that they I already think... aren't because matthew stafford being there elevates them substantially over jared goff but i I think Matthew Stafford would throw for about 6,000 yards if he had Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods out there to throw to. But kind of like you said, I do not see... How how would they make the cap work? Because they have Aaron Donald's massive contract. They have Jalen Ramsey's massive contract. Well, look, we said that before Jalen Ramsey and before Aaron Donald. They were already struggling. Then they gave those two giant contracts out. Then they gave Robert Woods, I believe, a big contract. Like, they have shown they are willing to pay large sums of money. They will cut players. They will play 7-on-11 
seven if they have to just to get Julio Jones, which, hey, it's not a bad deal. They might be able to win seven on 11 if that's their offense. Now, the team, even though I, because I want to see Cam Newton succeed at the end of the day, and I know, Isaiah, you don't feel <laughs> too po- you're not too positive about Cam Newton's level of production or ability to be a productive starting quarterback next season. But for me, I would love to see Julio Jones go to the Patriots to give the pa- Cam Newton the best opportunity to succeed. And if he had Julio Jones out there, two elite tight ends, uh, Nelson Aguilar, he wouldn't have to be the wide receiver one, and he could kind of flourish as the wide receiver too. I think that would be an awesome situation to watch him to go to. Now, they would be st- still be in the AFC East, and they have the, they'd have the Dolphins, and they'd have the Bills to compete with. But I think that would definitely throw them in the conversation of even winning the division if they got Julio. Well, it wouldn't, because right now they're set up to compete with Zach Wilson's Jets for the fourth place in the division. But, look, Cam Newton has shown he can be in capable Forget their NFL defense starting better quarterback. Than, but just as good as the Dolphins and the Bills. Way better than Bills and just as good as the Dolphins. It's not just as good as the Dolphins. Don't lie to yourself. But at the end of the day, Cam Newton has struggled throwing the football his last two seasons as a starter. But having Julio Jones there doesn't seem like the right fit. I mean, obviously it would be an immediate help, but Cam clearly is in the future and Julio Jones only has, I'd say, two to three years left of high-level production. He wants to go to a win-now team, and a win-now team is the only team which can really afford to compensate with picks. The Patriots won seven games last year with Cam Newton's shoulder being bummy, post-COVID Cam Newton sucking, and eight opt-outs and wide receivers that couldn't generate any separation. So if they had Julio Jones and Nelson Aguilar, who kind of revived his career with the Raiders last season. Uh, I wouldn't say he was the number one because Henry, Henry, I don't know, Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar, they were, were kind of on the same level of play last year. But I, like, I think the situation would be so much better and they won seven games last year. So why weren't they able to do that? At least probably it will be eight wins of 17 game season or even better this season. Well, obviously I play teams like the Jets and the Chargers pretty frequently last season, which tends to pad the road. I think they got pretty, who else? The Raiders and the Broncos. They did not play a particularly tough seven wins or seven games last season so i'm not exactly sold on that their schedule's tougher but look even if everything goes right Cam Newton or Mac Jones are not winning a Super Bowl in New England right now or within the next two to three years unless Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady which he isn't. So it's just a waste of value. You're giving up your future for a short term window which isn't even a window for you. Like best case scenario they're a 12 win team and get bounced in maybe the AFC Championship game. He needs to go to a team like the Rams like the Titans who are clearly in the win now mode who are already borderline contenders and if they have that one piece, that one elite weapon, they just just elevate themselves higher like he's not a patriot he's not a cowboy he's not an eagle he is going to be a winner <laughs> i think it'd be a good i think they'd also be they have the cap they have the they have the need the titans who i think also need him the most out of all the teams in the league excluding the patriots they don't really have the cap space so they'd have to find a way to make that work now with as a yes as we're speaking there's reports that the seahawks are nearing a possible trade with Julio. Hmm. Well, like I said, I always thought the Seahawks were a strong contender for the Julio Jones trade. It seems like a real possibility that he could be a Seahawk. <laughs> this is being recorded at, let's do some math here, 12.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 30th. 1.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, shut the fuck up. I'm saying we're an hour ahead of it. Oh. <laughs> fuck on May 30th. So, like I said, Seahawks, big contender. Definitely going somewhere in the AFC West. Either Rams, Seahawks, May the 49ers. Definitely going to be the Seahawks, though. Get Russell Wilson's milk, Russ Cook, and all that. 
Anyway. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Isaiah has been of the opinion that he's not going to be playing for the Packers next season. I think now that means whether he's going to hold out or if the Packers wind up trading him. I don't know. Isaiah, you can you can kind of inform me on your opinion. And I personally don't see Aaron Rodgers playing in a different team's uniform next season. I don't see him holding out next season. I understand that there's animosity that exists between Aaron Rodgers and the organization and more so the animosity that exists between him and Guttekunst. But Isaiah, I do think the Packers were disappointed that he had the MVP season, kind of like he alluded to in his interview, and they realized that they would be the biggest stooges ever if they wound up cutting him or wound up trading him for basically nothing in return. The Packers also, I think, recognized that they went to the NFC Championship two years in a row. They were one game away from the Super Bowl, and they just couldn't quite get over that hump. I don't see Aaron Rodgers sitting out of because whether you've watched him in Pat McAfee interviews, a couple other few interviews he's appeared in, he's constantly harped on legacy being such a big deal to him. Legacy in Green Bay, legacy in the sport, you know, being one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And I don't think he's going to take a season off just to stick it to the Packers because he seems to, appears to value those things so much. And 20, 30 years from now, people aren't going to talk about the fact that the Packers are such a stooge organization and that it ruined the Packers legacy they're going to talk about how Aaron Rodgers sat out that year and he doesn't have the same numbers he could have because of it and he had a good roster and he could have gone to the Super Bowl again so I think at the end of the day I think he wants to play too much to hold out and I think the Packers are too scared to trade him because of how silly and stupid they would look so that's kind of my opinion on it I know you kind of have some different views but I mean look you say that it won't be held against the Packers but people still get on that Dolphins organization who never let Dan Marino win a Super Bowl so there will be some memory of the stoogery of the Packers but Aaron Rodgers will not be in retirement or in a break this offseason he is making a desperate play to host Jeopardy and I'll tell you why he's doing this he is creating a buzz in the media he is getting his name out of there he has been the story of the NFL offseason he is a bigger story than the draft he is one of the biggest names in all of football and he is demanding a trade basically saying he's tired with his organization an organization which he has spent his entire substantial career with this is good for tv ratings and aaron Rodgers, guest host of jeopardy has already shown a real interest in being on that game show but he's trying to overcome the fact that ken jennings the greatest contestant in jeopardy history and another part-time host was clearly better than him. Aaron Rodgers is trying to create the narrative that he is so valuable, he is musty TV, he will draw enough ratings that the Jeopardy owners will ignore the fact Ken Jennings is the superior host and hire Aaron Rodgers for the immediate clicks. Now, I think once Aaron Rodgers gets this job, he will be there for quite a long time. If he gets the Jeopardy host job, he is not coming back to the NFL. Now, if that fails, I think Aaron Rodgers will eventually buy his lips a fine, I guess I'll play football again. And I demand a trade or <laughs> suck it up and go to the Packers. But I think he is really trying to land that Jeopardy hosting job. <laughs> I don't think he, I mean, he probably cares about the Jeopardy hosting job in the long term, you know, when he's done with his career. But like I said, I've seen him and I've listened to him talk about it. Now, unless he's been lying about it or it's the, I'm interpreting his interviews, it's really a lesser degree to what he cares about legacy and the whole football world in the sports world i don't i just don't see a way he doesn't play next you're telling season. me I that his legacy would be that much different again, that if he won one more super bowl 
Dorf. He became the first NFL MVP, NFL Super Bowl champion to go on and host the greatest game show in the history of the planet. You're telling me that will be more impactful or winning Super Bowl will be more impactful than him becoming the next Jeopardy host or out of your mind? You're a delusional. Even if he won another Super Bowl, if he took the Jeopardy job, he would be known as the guy who hosts Jeopardy and oh yeah, he used to play in the NFL. That'd be a fun little question on Jeopardy. But like I said, Aaron Rodgers will become the second greatest host in Jeopardy history, retire from the NFL, and lead a long promising career as a game show host, and will be regarded as must-see television for the next year and a half because he is so controversial. Moving on. Carson Wentz, apparently he's a baller, hung with Mo Ali Cox, who I think was a college, was really good at basketball in college from my limited understanding and knowledge of college basketball history. And when it comes to Carson Wentz playing the quarterback position next season, I've always thought he had some good football left in him as long as he got a change of scenery from the embarrassment that is now the Eagles organization. And I think it is much more likely that someone like him who has shown in the past that he can be a really good football player makes that change next season and plays well compared to someone like Daniel Jones who has four of his eight career wins against the Washington football team and really hasn't shown much outside of when he's playing bad teams and people somehow think he's going to be the next Josh Allen in year three. I think the Colts will probably try and build Wentz's confidence early with their running game extremely talented offensive line and we take a look at the depth they have at running back I didn't realize Marlon Mack was still on the roster but the fact they have Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, and Marlon Mack all as options with the offensive line, if they had enough touches to go around, that's three possible thousand-yard rushers, in my opinion. That's never going to happen because of three running backs, not enough touches to go around. And I think that kind of makes up for some of the wide receiver talent they lack on the outside. And if they wind up getting Julio Jones, instant Super Bowl contender, T.Y. would have the best season of his career. He wouldn't have to be the number one, and he wouldn't be getting double teamed. So I think the Colts are going to be good. They're not in a very good division at all. The Titans are going to be worse with the pieces they've lost. And I I think Carson Wentz is going to do well. Now, the degree to which he'll improve, I don't know if he'll return to the 2017 form. Well, look, Carson Wentz got his confidence destroyed up in Philadelphia, which it's bound to happen. I have my confidence destroyed if every single fan in the city, including EDP445, was screaming death threats at me. That'd be bad for my ego. That would hurt the mental. That would be devastating and the like. But do I think he can rebuild it in one year with Frank Reich? Probably. He is in a much better situation. He's got a better O-line, comparable wide receivers, better defense, better coaching, better running backs, although Miles Sanders is the next goad. You heard it here first. If there was a team which could fix Carson Wentz, the Colts are the team. And it's a good scenario for both teams because the Colts have been searching for a quarterback for years. Since Andrew Luck retired, they've just been going from one replacement to the next. And really, it's kind of a tragedy because if Andrew Luck didn't retire and he got to play with this team, they'd be in the Super Bowl. They would be a contender. They'd be competing with the Chiefs for the AFC title every year. But he made the right decision for himself, went into retirement, became one of the best tier contractors or whatever he does for a living. I do think Carson Wentz can rehabilitate himself. I think he has support of the team. I think the shadow of Nick Foles is no longer hanging over him, which he was never going to be able to escape in Philly. Even if he managed to win a Super Bowl with that terrible roster, he was still going to hear about how Nick 
Nick Foles did it first and did it against the Patriots. Like, he was never getting out from Big Dick Nick's shadow. It just wasn't going to happen. Carson Wentz will have more success this year in Indianapolis than he had in Philly. That's without a doubt. I don't think he'll be good enough, though, to elevate them to that upper echelon of the AFC, the echelon that the Bills, the Titans, the Ravens, and of course, the Chiefs have and have. I don't think they'll be that good because I don't think Carson Wentz is ever quite that good. He had one high-level season. The rest, he was a French pro bowler. But if he can yeah. get himself back to that high-level form, which is hard to do after so many major injuries there'll be a threat but i just don't see him quite getting back there he might be a borderline pro bowl type guy throw for four thousand yards maybe but at the end of the day he's not leading a team to the super bowl we saw that in philly and we're gonna see that in indianapolis well, if Frank Reich can't fix him and the interceptions continue, his mechanical issues with footwork in the pocket continue, if it, if it all is just as bad as it was last season, it's going to be just another episode of what Phillip Rivers was. The team's talent level on defense, the team's offensive line and running game will carry them to the playoffs because the Texans are terrible. I don't think just Jaguars are going to be playoff contenders in year one and the Titans are taking a step back. So I think they're going to, I feel like they're pretty much going to be a playoff team no matter what because of how weak they're division is it's just a matter it's going to be how far Carson Wentz elevates him past what Philip Rivers was and there is a small amount of potential for it to be the same thing as it was last season I, I mean look Philip Rivers threw for 4,000 yards and I think 24 touchdown passes last year he wasn't a bad quarterback no he wasn't a bum no like it was, I'd say, borderline average for the Indianapolis Colts, particularly considering the roster he had around him. But Carson Wentz has to be above that, and I just don't think he will be, regardless of what the Indianapolis faithful may think. Talking about something that you can't fix that is that badly broken, or I think the teams are tr- they're trying to fix themselves. The NFC East, and we've we've talked about it numerous times in the past, two years ago, a year ago. They were they've been one of the worst teams in the division, and when it comes to this season worst divisions in football not one of the worst teams in the division sorry worst divisions in football misspoke and i've said this a million times with speaking to isaiah and on our tiktok page i cannot settle on who i think is going to be the best team because once i settle on someone i'm hit by their glaring weaknesses i legitimately think that both washington and giants have a super bowl level roster in most spots then you take a look at their quarterback situations and you see a career backup and a third year qb who's a pro possible strike three and he may be out of there I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Washington's defense carries them to 10 wins or if if the money they spent on offensive talent is able to carry them to 10 wins from the six wins they got last season but I also wouldn't be surprised if these two teams just go up in flames because of poor quarterback play or with the Giants also because of poor offensive line play with the Cowboys they clearly have the best quarterback in that division they clearly have the Probably best offensive line, best wide receiver group. Maybe the Giants kind of eclipse that with the money they spent. But Dak has his ankle injury. He may struggle with that early. The fact their defense was embarrassingly bad last season and their way of addressing it was signing Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator, whose defense gave up almost 400 yards of offense weekly last year. I think their defense is going to struggle big time again. I don't see much changing. I don't think Micah Parsons is going to be the thing that solves all of 
their woes. I feel like the Cowboys floor is much higher than the other two teams because of the, the fact they have a quarterback that is successful. But I also think their defense is going to limit them. I see them like a max of 11 wins. Their floor is a bit higher, probably seven to eight wins. I just can't, I can't decide who's going to wind up winning it. And people that talk about think that there's some, there's some delusion people out there that think the Eagles are going to be getting more than seven wins. I don't think they're going to be any good. I like Hurts, but their offensive line isn't what it used to be. Lane Johnson is always hurt, is never healthy. And I don't think they're going to be good for another two to three years. And that is if they even make the right personnel decisions, which they seem to always fail on the past three seasons. So now Isaiah, tell me about how trash the Giants are. Tell me about how good the, I don't know if you think Washington and the Cowboys are going to be better. Well, look, you said some really stupid things there, which is kind of per usual, but two of the biggest ones. One, there is no planet in which the Giants have a better receiving group than the Dallas Cowboys. It's just not true. The Dallas Cowboys of those teams have the clear number one and clear number two receivers out there. After that, congratulations, you got more depth. But no, the Cowboys are clearly better wide receiver. But another thing, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a career backup. Ryan Fitzpatrick occupies a very strange space in football where you really don't know how good he is because he honestly has never been on a very good team. Like, think about it. He's had very bad stretches in Buffalo, but that was when Buffalo was in the depths of their rebuild and he didn't have his beard. Fitzmagic was not born yet. He was a backup on the St. Louis Rams, which who were so bad that they got relocated to LA. He was a backup for the Bengals, but when he actually gets to start, he puts up meaningful numbers and he doesn't have those big clutch turnovers that a lot of other quarterbacks of his level or supposed level of backup have. Like, he's a good quarterback. He had a 10-6 record and given the full-time starting job for the New York Jets. That is something which is really impressive considering it was 2015 and the Jets. That team was not good at football and he still dragged them to a very meaningful record. He had a winning record when he was given the reins as a starter for the Miami Dolphins this past season. If he is surrounded by even a modicum of talent on the offensive side of the ball, he can put up big numbers. I think the combination of Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, that might be enough with the much improved Washington offensive line. But then you look at their defense. They've got clearly the best defense in the division, one of the best defenses in the NFC. And I just can't see this team not winning the division off the defense alone if their offense can even sort of keep up. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, if given the right situation, can certainly keep up. He will become Fitz Magic for the Washington football team this year. And you know what? If he doesn't, guess what? The guy who almost beat Tom Brady in a duel in the playoffs, Taylor Heineke, is waiting behind him, chomping at the bit. If his magic doesn't live up to the height, Heineke can lead this team just as well. He is loved in the locker room, and he will put up big numbers in that Washington football team. Well, he won't put up big numbers, but he will lead them to winning games. He will be an elite game manager, which is really all you need when your defense is that good. But the Washington football team, clearly the best. The uh, Dallas Cowboys, if they can figure it out, because there's talent all over that roster, they will be a real team. They will be a Super Bowl contender, but I just don't think enough positions will be able to figure it out to get to that point. But they could be a fringe playoff team, too. The NFC East, really, I think, could have two good teams this year. Then they'll have the Giants and the complete dysfunction of the Eagles, who are very close to completely blowing it up, even though they just already blew it up. It's quite a strange scenario, really. They're going to be bad for a long 
long time. The NFC East is almost always a strange scenario. A true enigma. <laughs> anyway, that has been the podcast. This is available if you don't want to listen on YouTube on almost all other listening platforms. It is on Spotify, so if you want to check it out on Spotify, because we're doing audio only, it's there. Also, check out our TikTok if you somehow find our, found our YouTube channel from YouTube and not from TikTok. And we appreciate you for listening. Give us feedback, like the video, and we'll see you in the next one.